So uh, have you ever noticed, uh, like, there are things that you can do in life where you just feel like, man, that was, that was right. Um, everything about it felt right. I nailed uh, who I am supposed to be as a human being. So um, we were, uh, as a church, we're starting to build a relationship with the Brunswick City Schools, and I'm really excited about it. They're starting to see Polaris Christian Church as a place where they can turn with some um, needs that rise up within families in the school, and I love that. So this past fall, uh, the uh, superintendent's office asked if uh, we could help. There was a, a, a pretty high-tier tragedy that had happened in Brunswick, and it left a young lady, we'll call her Maggie, uh, to raise her adopted uh, family. So she was going to, uh, both parents passed away within a year. And uh, this 20-something-year-old adopted daughter, who herself had epilepsy, uh, was left to try to care for six other adopted siblings. And it, very heroic, she took on the task. And many of those siblings, adopted siblings, had special needs as well. So uh, the school told me that uh, in the period of time that since the, the parents had died, um, she was doing her best, Maggie was doing her best to keep things afloat, but the house was already in disrepair before the parents had passed away. So this was like a nightmare of a house situation that she had already inherited, so to speak. They asked if there was anything we could do, and I immediately reached out to some Polaris families, and uh, immediately a couple of Polaris ladies surrounded Maggie just for moral support and to try to help coach her and ask her what she needed and committed to helping her through it just emotionally. Then another crew of Polaris ladies went to that house and cleaned for hours just to try to kind of make the situation manageable in there. Now, there was another opportunity that may or may not have happened, um, depending on what way Maggie chose to go. There was a friend of the family that lived in Georgia who said that Maggie could move close by her and she would help her manage the kids and raise the kids. Maggie chose that. So I reached out to a group of people at Polaris and uh, very quickly... We had uh, a couple things happen. First of all, my friend Phil back in the back, um, he met with Maggie uh, to go over her finances because he helps people with, with financial planning and stuff, with budgeting and that, and, and kind of helped her uh, assess the situation and build a plan to move forward. He also gave their vehicle a once-over safety inspection to make sure that it could make it to Georgia because she decided to do the Georgia thing. And then a uh, group of people uh, gave a couple nights of the week to box up every single possession in that five-bedroom house and prep it for the move. Another couple guys went and got the <clears throat> moving trucks. And then on a Saturday morning, over 20 Polaris people volunteered to come and give their whole Saturday right before Christmas to box up uh, and move uh, to, to pack those two trucks and send them off to Georgia. And I just sat there and realized if it weren't for the hands and feet of Jesus through the Polaris Christian Church family, this would be a hopeless situation. But instead, 
because God's church stepped up to be the love of Jesus for this family in a way that, like, like we got nothing out of that. Nobody got anything out of that personally. Um, it was just the most incredible thing. You know, businesses will say, think win-win. But this was not a win-win. This was just serving somebody who had no way to repay. And those are the moments where it's like, yes, that is exactly what God wants from us. That kind of servanthood feels so right. And Jesus invites us to take on that kind of a life. Now, this is the sixth week of my sermon series, First Things First. Hard to believe we are six weeks into 2024 already. We are more than one-tenth done with 2024. Time flies, and the only time that's okay is through the month of January. Um, We're talking about who we are as a church and where we went ahead and how we want to get there and just kind of first things first, the first of the year. So I centered things around John 15. This is John 15. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. With this, Jesus defines the kind of relationship he's looking for with us. And this is not like obligatory religion, right? This is not sit, stand, kneel. He says, I want friendship. I don't want a bunch of servants, a bunch of robots, a bunch of people going through the motions because they have to. He says, I want friendship. And so what I want is for everybody to know and be a part of a growing friendship with Jesus. And that's what where we're headed as a church. That's what we want to accomplish. We want to help you in a growing friendship with Jesus. And uh, I think there's three expressions, which we have these three icons that we were using, uh, because there really are three parts of a growing friendship with Jesus. And if you can just, even if you know nothing about Jesus, if you can just say, I'm going to run after these three areas, <coughs> what you'll see is it's a pretty simple path to grow in friendship with Jesus. And the first is just to think in terms of treasure, because Jesus says life with him is like a treasure great enough to sell everything and run toward. Like it's far greater than anything else we can amass in life. So I think there's this, this treasure aspect of just knowing Jesus, walking through life, knowing Jesus, knowing him personally, knowing about him, interaction with him throughout the day, personal growth with Jesus. So remember, there was this little habit uh, that I uh, suggested, and I think that, man, if all of Polaris would do it, it would change everything. And that's just every, for for 15 minutes a day, five days a week, set an alarm, 15 minutes, set a timer, 15 minutes and only 15 minutes. Read from the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are the biographies of Jesus, the life and teachings of Jesus. And if you will just spend 15 minutes a day, no more, Unless you're like, gotta have more. That's fine. But 15 minutes a day reading the Gospels, by the end of the year, you will be an expert in the life and teachings of Jesus. And that alone will change your life, especially if you decide to practice those things. But when you invite Jesus to transform you through his life and lifestyle and the example of his love, it's gonna make a huge impact. That will be treasure 
for you. And when we know the treasure of Jesus and live the treasure of Jesus, we become treasure, Ben, for the world around us. And the second icon is table, and Jesus invites us to table friendship, not only with him but with others. It's never just us and Jesus with Jesus. It's about group effort. That's why, if you notice the Lord's Prayer, most people know the Lord's Prayer because at least 70% of Polaris is Catholic. It's our Father who art in heaven. Um, it speaks in terms of our. So it's like collective. You don't even say I. It's, it's our. That's the communal nature of following Jesus, and that's the table. So last week I gave you a little assignment, and this is a game changer right here. This would change the whole community and region. If everybody at Polaris would take a note card and write down five names of friends that may not be connected with the church. And at some point in 2024, it's early yet in the year, but at some point in 2024, if you just invite those five friends at different points on a Sunday, just, hey, I'm going to come check out Polaris with, with me and my family, especially if they have young kids because we got a lot going for young kids and teens and whatever. Um, statistics say that a handful of people, at least two of those names on the card are going to going to give a visit. Most people who are far from God even, who identify as not having a faith that's important to them, they say that they would, they would go visit a church if they were invited by a friend. So if, if just everybody would do that one little habit every year, have another five names that they're going to invite the next year, we would never be able to house the amount of people that would come to grow in friendship with Jesus from just that, because the table of God can accomplish that. And then we get to the third expression, and that is the towel. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to read from, for you from um, John 13. <clears throat> and this is where we get um, the towel language from. And pay close attention to the wording, because what you're going to see here is um, the, uh, when these ancient writers... When they tell their stories, they're very sophisticated in the way they structure things. And um, the way ancient scripture is written, the way sacred text is written, it's rarely going to put bullet points out for you. It's like a good movie. It's more meant to be taken in and observed, and you make the connections yourself, and you do the work yourself. So let's take a look at what I'm saying here. I got a sermon in March coming up on Mark chapter 10, where I walk into, I'm really excited about that. So this is, this is just, this will have to placate you until we get to Mark 10 in March. <clears throat> okay. Jesus knew that the Father, God Almighty, had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus knew that he was God in the flesh and that he was in charge of everything. Jesus knew that he was the boss in all caps. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. So, 
this is a moment of adversity for Jesus. He knows that that uh, got lots of enemies out there looking to end his ministry. He knows his disciples have failed miserably often throughout the. He just can't seem to get his point across to humans. <clears throat> He's got a lot of enemies waiting to arrest him, beat him, flog him, kill him. And he knows that he has all power in heaven and on earth. What would you expect? Like, think good American cinema. <clears throat> he realizes that he has all the power available. So he, and we fill in the blank, so he went and he took care of his enemies. So he came out, you know, with laser beams shooting out of his eyes and mowed down the whole Roman guard. But that's not what we see. He realizes how powerful he is, so he puts on the servant's towel, literally, and washes the feet of his disciples. Now, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. So do you see that <clears throat> incredible positioning of like total strength and greatness, which leads then Jesus to sacrificial, humble servanthood? Like you almost can't help but see that, right? And then he says, go and do the same. Go and do the same. Jesus' definition of greatness is actually servanthood. You want to be great? Serve. You want to be great? Put on the servant's towel and wash feet. Now, some traditions take this literally, and they have foot-washing services where you would come in just like you did today, and you would turn to your neighbor next to you and get a towel and wash their feet. I'm not there. Um, I got, I mean, that, that's good. That's great for them practicing their faith in that tradition and that there's nothing wrong with that and, 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 um, good for them. Um, what I think Jesus is saying, actually, Kathy, if you would turn to the people next to you and wash their feet, I know you're a foot person. <laughs> Kathy is our director of ministry development and she hates feet. Um, so I think what Jesus is saying is meet the real needs of people around you and never be afraid to be truly great by donning the servant's towel. That's where true greatness is found. Now, <clears throat> so greatness comes through servanthood. We were made to serve. And if we want to be a part of a growing friendship with Jesus, we're going to have to follow his example and serve. I want to take a minute uh, just to kind of, uh, in terms of culture at Polaris, if you want to be a part of Polaris, if you are a part of Polaris, if you're thinking about being a part of Polaris, you probably need to know something about Isaiah 58 and the role that that passage of the Old Testament uh, has played and continues to play in who we are as a church. So in 2009, I uh, made the move from being associate pastor to becoming the senior pastor here at Polaris. And I had absolutely no idea what that meant. I had no idea what I was doing. And I still am only like one click above that 
in the whole uh, clue uh, uh, awareness, uh, having a clue uh, category. Um, but I really, um, we were a church in crisis, and there's just no other authentic way to say that. And I did not know what to do. And the elders invited me to come back and, and you know, try to make the move into the senior pastor thing and kind of see if there was any hope for a future for Polaris. And I said, yeah, I'm willing to, but I, I, I literally don't know what to do. And so I would go down to River Tree. That's a church. That's my home church down in Stark County, down in Maslin. And I would go down there once a week and get like some mentoring and some coaching and things like that. And, um, and, and I was sitting in the lobby one day. And there, there's, I remember it like vividly, like there's a high back leather chair, like a godfather type chair. And I was sitting in the lobby and I just was kind of, I, I remember just saying to God, God, I really don't know what to do. And if I'm just, you know, if this is just like I'm at Polaris and to kind of lead a funeral procession and help us close well, that's fine. Um, but if you want something more out of this and, and you want me there, you're going to have to give me something or give somebody something that I know is from you because I don't know what to do. Um, I'm reminded there's this passage of scripture where they looked at it. They said, we don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. That place of just true surrender of, I got nothing. And I, I heard like, so I don't hear from God regularly. I really don't. I'm no expert. God didn't tell me to wear this shirt today, you know, um, uh, but there was this moment there in that leather chair when I, when, I, when I heard, not audibly, it was some ways more real than audible, uh, the go before, go before, go before. And with, those, uh, with that, uh, the, those two words repeated three times, I really sensed that God was telling me, I want you to look up in Scripture, go before, um, just do it. And so there's there, a concordance is a resource that will, where you can look at actual phrases and where they occur in the scriptures. So I went to an online concordance there, and I just typed in go before <clears throat> to see what came up. And there's only a few places where the words go before appear, like in order in scripture, that phrase. One of them was Isaiah 58, and understand, I didn't, I mean, I had probably read Isaiah 58 just in, in Bible reading, but... I wasn't familiar with it. I didn't know the language of it. So let me read it to you. <clears throat> this is Isaiah 58. Is not this the kind of fasting, and you could insert there um, like uh, religious ritual or religion, or you know, is this not the kind of thing that I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. Now a yoke in, you know, there's an egg yoke, but a yoke in terms of cords and untying. Uh, the oxen, uh, the, that beam that goes over them that connects a team of oxen together so that they work together, but it's restrictive in nature. It's like an entrapment, so to speak. Um, that's the yoke here. Uh, to, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, 
and he will say, here I am. And I knew at that moment that God was saying, if you want my help, you go back and you just go all out for the underdog. You use every resource you can and go all out for the underdog and I'll take care of the rest. Now, it's important. I mean, Polaris had done a lot of good things up to that point. But I knew that God was saying, I want you to put everything into this concept of caring for the underdog and I'll handle the rest. And so I went back to the elders and I was like, I'm pretty sure that God said this and I'm so cautious because um, a lot of harm is done when leaders start to say, God told me this. A lot. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not like this is some kind of a specific, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if I misheard God and we just use all our energy to do good for people, um, you know, good still results in that. But I said, I think God has given me Isaiah 58 and saying this is, this is what we need to do. And they were like, yep, let's do it. And so, um, Mark, you remember that meeting? I remember one specific elders meeting where I was like, this is what I got. And I didn't even have good language for it. It was just like Isaiah 58. What's that mean? I don't know Isaiah 58. What are we supposed to do, Isaiah 58? And we just started to do that. And if you look at what God has done since 2009 when we made that change, um, when we made that our central focus, God has done some pretty amazing things through this church and continues to. I mean, we got stuff going in Costa Rica. We got a youth center in Costa Rica. Um, lots of great things happening from, um, from that change that we made in, in centralizing that concept. Okay, so um, let me talk about a mantra real quick, and then we'll talk about some specifics. Um, it's a little mantra that I've used since the Isaiah 58 days. You can't do um, something about everything. I mean, there's one of the hardest parts of my job as a pastor is to decide with great causes. Like, there's incredible causes out there. And people turn to the church and they say, hey, can you support my cause? And, and you got to try to decide because you can't do something about everything. You spread yourself too thin. You'll get bitter. You'll feel used. You'll be worn out and exhausted. You'll burn out. I've seen it. Can't do something about everything. But you also can't try to wait for that perfect thing and end up doing nothing about anything. And I think that's the right grammatical way to say that. Like you can't do something about everything, but you also can't do nothing about anything. You have to do something about something. Pick something, hit it with enough force that it makes a difference, because that's the other thing. If you do something about everything, then you're just doing a little marginal thing. Like your name's attached to nine. 900 causes, but you're not making an impact. Pick something where you can say, I can do something about that. And it's going to be different because I engage. And go after it. And then be watchful and prayerful as God kind of tweaks things and gets you where you need to be. So don't wait for God to just boom. There it is, the perfect service opportunity. Do something about something. And be prayerful and watchful and, and make adjustments and let God kind of tweak things with that. So when you're looking for the perfect cause to engage in, you can't do nothing about anything. You can't do something about everything, but you got to find something and jump in. One of the purposes of this series is if you, if you need a place to start, I'm going to tell you what Polaris has to help you with treasure table towel. 
And so uh, since we're talking about Tau, I'm just going to walk you through a little bit um, the kinds of opportunities that we have. So I've invited, and I don't see them, Stacy and Michelle. Come on up, guys. Stacy and Michelle have a street ministry in Akron. And one of the ways that you could help get resources into the lives of the people in Akron without housing is uh, through our ministry in partnership with Stacy and Michelle. Yeah. Good morning, Polaris. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Michelle Fetty, and this is Stacy Violi. Um, <laughs> we uh, serve the people in Akron, the, um, mostly the folks that live in tents. Um, we have personal interaction with them on a regular basis, and we thought we might like to share with you what you enable us to do for others. We kind of have an order of serving. Uh, our main focus is on the tent population, and then we go to street corners, and then we go and serve the people of the uh, Haven of Rest. Um, we have a few key items that we try to keep in mind when we're serving, which is to be available. Our core group of the tent community has our personal phone numbers so that if they have any kind of dire need, they're able to reach us at any time. And we can also communicate with them when we're coming out next in case they have any individual needs. We are always open with them. We listen intently, we express our concern, and we have a lot of hugs for them. Um, additionally, we identify their needs, which are not always stuff. Um, so that can run the gamut. And then um, we meet at the table, as Alex talks about the table, and Stacy's gonna talk a little bit about that more in a minute. And then the other thing that we try to keep in mind is that we make an effort to connect with the other ministries in the area from other churches and organizations so that our friends can have their needs fulfilled even when we're not available. Um, another thing that we've done is we've changed how we reach out to our family at Polaris. We'll always have our seasonal list available if you choose to donate something new or used. Um, we have added Amazon, which Stacy will also talk about. And um, we hope to have seasonal drives for things dependent on weather, season, and uh, certain personal items. Um, so you can, um, if any of these photos interest you, you can catch up with us, and we're happy to talk with you about anything that is of interest. And with that, I'm going to give this to Stacy. So there's a few different ways that you can participate if you're interested in participating in street ministry. Um, the first is that there are yellow bags out in the lobby. If you have items you would like to donate, you can put them in the yellow bags and we'll get them. And the other way is through the QR code. The QR code is behind me. If you scan that with your phone, it'll take you to our Amazon street ministry wish list. Um, also, if you get the weekly email, it will also be in there. And if you hold down on that QR code, if you have an iPhone, it will prompt you and ask you if you want to open it in Amazon so you can give through that way. Um, we'll be switching out our winter needs uh, once the weather starts to get warmer with our summer needs. And um, also in the summer, what we have planned to do is to go out and um, cook out at a woman. Um, her name is Linda. Her house is on the screen. Um, she allows um, some of our um, 
our folks to come into her house and to shower and to get warm and just to store some items at her house. So she lives in the area, and so we're going to go down there and have a cookout with them. That way we can just um, sit down, we can eat with them, we can fellowship with them, and just spend some time um, with them. So um, if you have any questions about street ministry, um, feel free to grab one of us out in the hallway or, or whatever. And um, a huge thank you to everyone that has donated through the Amazon wish list and through the Giving Tree this Christmas. We got a huge amount of stuff, and we're so grateful for that. So we're able to bless them through your kindness and generosity. And we just want to say thank you for, for what you've done for us so far. Thank you guys for what you do there. It's incredible to be able to meet their needs through you. Thanks for the update. So what I want to do next few minutes is just kind of walk through. Um, we use our app to um, help people get connected. That's like our front door, uh, the easiest way to get connected. And so we have lots of forms which is just a little little tabs on the app that lets you submit your name for more info or for follow-up or to sign up and volunteer for things. So really hope that you can download the app and, and uh, use that uh, to get connected and even as a way to help you grow in your friendship with Jesus. So let me just talk you through how it might work. If you Some of you have causes that you're deeply involved in outside of Polaris, totally fine. If you want a, like a first step, and this is the kinds of things that we have that, that, that you can... Uh, um, <clears throat> help with. Okay, so there's our app on the left. You can see the treasure table towel, and towel is the, 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 the third one down on the left, if, if you can't see that far. Um, and it's going to give you a list of things uh, that we have. So uh, the middle um, picture is what you'd go to if you touch the towel button there on the left. Um, and you'll see city mission info. Um, we go, again, for the, for the homeless population of Cleveland, um, the city mission it has uh, homeless men can, can sign up and, and um, live there for a while while they're getting back on their feet. And we take a couple meals there and serve 70 to 90 men twice a month. Now, uh, you could uh, help with donating food, you could go serve, or you could... Um, give financially toward food that would be used for food to be bought for that. Larry and Debbie Wentz lead it. It's very safe. Uh, it's 18 and older, but like my 19-year-old son who lives at Cleveland State will go over and serve. My wife has gone by herself. I've gone by myself. Uh, we've had people of all different makes and models go and serve there. So it's a very safe place there at the city mission. And you go in and you serve the, the men there, or you can uh, bring food in, or you can provide um, um, money so they can be bought for that. So if you want more information or to sign up for one of those three things, then you go to the TAO, and you go to City Mission, and you'll get instructions there. Second thing, it's actually under our table. You'll see the men's tab. The men's tab will lead you to that third uh, picture there, and you scroll down to join the text groups. We have um, um, text groups that we got like 60, 65 or so men on text groups right now, and um, you can sign up to get your name on a text thread. It puts you on with like, I think I got it broken down to like 12 guys per thread, but you all get texted the same thing. 
And like, for instance, that house thing that I told you about at the beginning, I, I texted out, um, hey, we need guys to help move on this date, and got like 20 guys signed up through that. We've also had like, there's this need, there's that need. One time I was like, anybody have an excavator? Anybody able to drive an excavator and use an excavator or excavate with an excavator or whatever you do with an excavator? need a hole dug. Who can help? And we got that done in a matter of hours. So a lot of practical needs, like if you're handy, if you have you know, skills, um, use, sign up for the text thread so we can um, get you included in some of the practical needs stuff. Great way to communicate for getting involved in Isaiah 58 type stuff through the men's text thread. Back to the middle. Towel um, um, button, student ministry, Polaris Kids, Polaris Kids creative team, parking lot cleanup, worship team volunteer, uh, coffee and communion uh, prep is another thing that we need regularly. Auditorium cleaning happens every week here. Uh, this fall, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> this spring, we're going to probably have some like family workday opportunities to clean up the um, outside of the... There's, there's different things we're going to have to help you take steps toward um, sacrificial generosity and servanthood because that's just an, a vital role in your friendship with Jesus. The band can come on up for one last song. It's a really good song, by the way. I'm excited. Um, it's meaningful, very meaningful. goes well with the topic today. I want to say one last thing. In all seriousness, Matthew 25, and Jesus is talking about the day that we stand before him. It's a pretty big day. In the history of our existence, right? We're standing before the Creator. And um, Jesus says that there'll be a group of people who, um, who, who, who say, you know, Lord, who know Him, who are calling Him the right names, who, who know all the stuff about Jesus. And Jesus says, I never knew you because you never served anybody in need. You didn't care about the underdog. So not only is this just good for like a feel-good thing, this is like Jesus says, I never knew you. And so if the goal is friendship with Jesus, and we know that if we don't serve the underdog, that as far as he's concerned, he doesn't know us, that's a big deal. Like if we want to be known by Jesus and to know Jesus, if we want to live in friendship with Jesus, we have to care about the underdog. We have to reach out in sacrificial servanthood. And so what I would like for you to do is just take, take some inventory right now of your life are you serving sacrificially the underdog? Are you doing things? Are you doing something about something? And if not, I hope you'll take steps to serve. When we reach out and serve the underdog, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul in Corinthians says, now you are the body of Christ. We become the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus, the love of Jesus expressed to those who need it most. That is the greatness of the servant's towel.